Hey, Heat Nation! Welcome back to Heaters Gonna Heat, part of the OTG Podcast Network. I'm your host, Kyle Russell, here to chat a little about our favorite NBA team, the Miami Heat, and how currently they're up 1-0 in their second-round series against the Philadelphia 76ers. Minus Joel Embiid, of course, that's still going to hang over everything, but at least for these first two games, he's not out there, so we just have to focus with whatever's on, on the field in front of us. But yeah, like I mentioned, uh, won the first game last night in a game that both Tyler Hero and Bam Adebayo powered a blowout win for Miami. The final score was 106-92, so though a 14-point difference in the end, it really was, like, the garbage time made it a bit closer. It was around 19-20 points by the time they called it. But that's getting ahead of ourselves. So uh, the other way to look at this game, though, is Miami's depth just wearing down the Sixers as the game went on, which makes a good segue into the recap. So in the first quarter, the Heat got out to an early 14-point lead behind Bam Adebayo, 10 points, so came out aggressive to start. However, the Sixers would answer with an 11-0 run of their own, mainly powered by their bench unit that came in, that eventually got the lead down to only three for uh, Miami. However, Tyler Hero scored the last five points of the quarter to get Miami's lead back up to eight, up 30-22 to going into the second. As the second got underway, the Heat kind of kept that solid lead, you know, around like eight to ten points or so, until they went scoreless in the last three minutes, which allowed a Sixers... 8-0 run to close and actually take the lead from Miami, Miami being down 50-51 at halftime. The big thing throughout that second quarter, though, five sloppy turnovers that just kept giving the Sixers opportunities and ways to stay in the game. As the second second half started, I should say, uh, after some jostling to open up the second half, the Heat did go on a 10-0 run to take the lead, holding that, again, kind of a solid 8-10-ish point lead until they were up 80-72 going into the fourth. And the big thing that helped them course correct in the third quarter specifically was crushing the Sixers on both turnovers. So the Heat committed zero turnovers to the Sixers four and rebounding where the Heat out-rebounded the Sixers 14-5 to to essentially get nine more field goal attempts in the third quarter by itself. And yeah, it's pretty easy to understand, right? If both teams are shooting roughly equal percentages from the field, but one team is getting nine to 10 more opportunities, then obviously the team that had the more opportunities is going to win. But finish this up, though. Um, as the fourth got underway, the Heat blew the game completely open on an 18-5 to run throughout the first, like, seven to eight-ish minutes. And then the Sixers emptied their bench. Yeah, specifically they were down 19 at the time with about four and a half minutes left. It was a Heat win. And for Miami, that was really crucial for that fourth quarter specifically, did not have to play a single minute of P.J. Tucker and Jimmy Butler. So they got to rest the entire fourth quarter. Oh, and, and like I mentioned, you know, some garbage time stuff made it a little bit closer, going from 19 down to 14. But overall, just fantastic way to start out the series with a really powerful win. And again, in a game, I'm sorry, I forgot to mention this at the top, that the Heat were without Kyle Lowry for the whole game. So did it without Kyle Lowry. Jimmy Butler did not quite have his best game. It looked like his knee was bothering him a little bit, but he didn't have to have a great game because the Heat found other ways to win, specifically through Bam Adebayo and Tyler Hero. So really a game that the young guns came out and powered a Miami win, which outside of maybe game five for Bam and a little bit of game three for Hero, but that was was the one that we lost uh, by one point, but we did not see a lot of that in the first round series against the Hawks. But again, the thing that one of the things we walked away from with the Hawks was just the idea of the Heat finding different ways to win constantly. And tonight, 
they won through Tyler Hero and Bam Adebayo. So Bam Adebayo specifically, 24 points, 12 rebounds, got the double-double, four assists, two steals, one block on hyper-efficient, 8-10 from the field, no three-pointers, but 8-8 from the free-throw line, and just owned the paint. He got all of his points in the paint. Flashed a little bit of the mid-range, like right around the top of the key, but you know, still within the paint itself, and then everything else was just kind of at rim. So offensively, stayed aggressive, stayed efficient, and made a really, I mean, 24 points is a huge impact, along with the 12 rebounds as well. Because again, we already know on the defensive end, defensive player of the year level player was superb, led the team in terms of actual time spent defending, because he would switch out onto the perimeter and just make like Harden or Maxi or Harris, whoever, just made their lives hell out there. And that's why when you combine the defensive end that he's already great at and then the offensive end because he had a good offensive night, I mean, he just barely lost out on being a team high uh, in terms of the plus minus. He was plus 26, which is still outstanding, but he got barely beat out by Struess, who was a plus 27. But if you were to ask me who was driving those big plus 20s, it was mainly Bam instead of Struess. And then alongside Bam Adebayo, like mentioned already, Tyler Hero, who... After a, again, like compared to the standards that he is at after the regular season, a lackluster first round series. He came in and made an impact tonight to start out the second round series. Team high, 25 points, one rebound, seven assists. So good playmaking for him. On 9 of 17 from the field, 4 of 6 from 3. He was Miami's best three-point shooter tonight. We'll get into that a little later. Uh, 3 of 3 from the free throw line and a plus 4. So other takeaways for just Hero being great this game, between the end of the first, I mentioned that a little bit uh, during the recap, that he had the final five points uh, of both teams to close out the first quarter. And then in the second quarter, he scored the first five points for Miami. So for Miami specifically, he scored 10 of the points between those uh, you know, two quarters. And then in the second half as well, he had three really back-breaking threes that just like the right times to really blow the lid off everything. And yeah, the, the last three that he made, it was that and an assist to an open Max uh, Struess dunk that led pretty much to the 19-point lead and Philly emptying the bench. It was not a perfect game for Hero, though, and I think that is reflected in being a plus four because... I mean, it was the same thing we saw again, that he is the defender that is picked on by opposing teams. So, yeah, like Tobias Harris and Maxie were, Tyrese Maxey were taking turns at times going at Hero, sometimes effect. But the big difference here being that Hero was able to pay it back in on the offensive end. That's always the case, right? He, he has to produce on the offensive end to make up for the defensive deficiencies. Tonight, he was outproducing on the offensive end versus what he was giving up on the defensive end. And last thing for Hero that really stood out, mainly more so just Hero and Bam, I should say, was just the two-man game that they had going between them. So Bam, two of Bam's assists were off of Hero makes, and two of Hero's assists, of uh, the seven that he made, were off of Bam makes. So just they had a really good give-and-go at certain points. They were able to play off each other well. I mean, Tyler's three, the back-breaking one, the last three that he made, was like Bam Adebayo taking it up and hitting a trailing hero just right in rhythm to knock down the three and make the arena go freaking nuts. Hero's playmaking in particular, he had five of his assists came in the fourth quarter to just help cap off that amazing win. 
But yeah, that's what made this like a good Tyler Hero game. Like he had the jumper going, he had the playmaking going, he was able to like strike right like anytime somebody would add him on defense, he was able to strike right back at them on the offensive end to at least like prevent any sort of run or anything like that. Just great Tyler Hero game. Hopefully this is the first of a number of them in this series. So yeah, first big takeaway, Bam Adebayo being great. Second big takeaway, Tyler Hero being great. Third big takeaway from this game, just the way that Miami wore down the Sixers in the second half, uh, and more so specifically in the fourth quarter. So the Sixers overall only had three players that scored double digits. Tyrese Maxey, Tobias Harris, James Harden, right? So let's look, let's look at how those three did throughout the course of the game. James Harden threw three quarters, 16 points on 5, five of 12 from the field, 2 of 7 from 3, 4 of 4 from the free throw line. Not too bad, maybe a little bit more efficient, but not too bad still, at least going into the fourth. But in the fourth quarter itself, 0 of 1 from the field, no threes, no free throws, so 0 points, 0 assists. Oh yeah, and then also committed one turnover. Going into the fourth, he was a minus 3, but he finished the game with a minus 8 because of poor play in the fourth where he just looked absolutely gassed. Next up, Tyrese Maxey through three quarters. Also 16 points on 5 of 12 from the field, 0 of 5 from 3, 6 of 6 from the free throw line. But in the fourth quarter, scored three points on 1 of 3 from the field. That was a 1 of 1 three-pointer, no free throws, and a minus 11 in the fourth quarter to make him, for the game, a minus 25. And then our last one, Tobias Harris. Through three quarters, 23 points on 10 of 15 from the field, 1 of 3 from 3, 2 of 3 from the free throw line. In the fourth quarter, four points, one of three from the field, 0 of one from three, two of two from the free throw line, and also a minus 11 to finish the game minus 25. So the consistent trend, obviously, there being that all three of them had kind of somewhat decent production through three quarters, but were just gassed by the time the fourth quarter came around, and that's what led to Miami blowing this game out and before you know cruising through the last four or five minutes. And the thing for the Sixers here is that un- unless, if, when Embiid gets back, it's going to be like this every single game because that's all Miami really has to key in on is those three. So those are my three big takeaways. And then uh, it's a bit of a longer list than usual, but some closing observations real quick. So no Duncan Robinson in this game. I thought that was interesting. Uh, the Heat only went nine deep outside of garbage time. That was when Amir Yurt 7 got in to make it uh, 10 deep. But even in the even in the garbage time, no Duncan. And I guess for that, just the thinking, I guess, must be that we don't want to put Hero and Robinson out on the court because then that gives Maxi and Harris two targets to go at. We kind of saw that in that really bad loss we had near the end of March where Maxi specific- yeah, and Harris specifically just took turns going at Hero and Robinson anytime they were out there. So if that's the only way that... If that's, like, one of the ways that those players get going then you don't need to play Robinson. Trim him down and make it just harder for Maxie and Harris. Other quick observations. The Sixers looked like they were searching for answers already, even though it was just game one. Uh, so, for example, what I mean by that is Doc Rivers went 11 deep in the first half, which is way too much. Like, Granted, part of that was Paul Reed getting into foul trouble, so you had to put in a different backup and Paul Millsap to take soak up those minutes. But then the other part of it was just like Doc trying to see who could actually play out there against the Heat from the bench. Spoiler warning, uh, not many. 
But I mainly bring that up just to kind of say that, you know, it almost looked like from game one that the Sixers might be on their heels in terms of coming up with solutions without Embiid. Other quick observation, uh, Paul Reed for the Sixers, like just the, the word on him is foul trouble, that that's the big thing, and it showed in this game. Picked up three quick fouls in the first half and then came into the third quarter, picked up a fourth foul pretty quickly, came in and the fourth quarter, picked up his fifth foul pretty quickly. So though in his time he was out there, the, the Sixers were positive, the problem was he was not out there for very long because he kept picking up fouls. And yeah, unless he can decide not to pick up so many fouls, he's going to be a non-factor in the series. Because the Heat have Bam Adebayo and Tyler Hero and Jimmy Butler and you know players that can draw a lot of fouls and know how to attack bigs to draw fouls. Ergo, Paul Reed is not going to have any easier of a time avoiding fouls throughout the series. He wasn't the only backup big that was having foul trouble, though. Dwayne Dedman, in a very similar situation, just picked up a ton of fouls, finished with five. So he picked up three quick fouls. I think he was at, at like a minute and a half or two minutes or something like that, like right in the first quarter when Bam was starting to get some rest. But the thing that was of interest there is the adjustment that Spo made was to instead essentially just go, okay, well, Bam, you're just going to soak up some more minutes and you're going to be in there until P.J. Tucker can come in, play the small ball five, and then that's when Bam, you know, got some of his usual rest. Then in the second half as well, David came back into the third but picked up two more quick fouls. Bam came back in to finish through the third quarter and then played through the fourth until it was garbage time. And then, like I mentioned, P.J. Tucker already didn't play in the fourth quarter. So second half, not so much. But the thing to take that I took away from that is... It seems to be Spoh's plan is, I'm going to try to do Deadman as the backup five, and if that doesn't work, I'm immediately pivoting to P.J. Tucker small ball five. At the very least, well, theoretically, that's supposed to provide spacing. Uh, this is not the best three-point shooting game for the Heat. Again, uh, they went 9 of 36 from three-point land, good for 25%. So the three-point shooting still has not quite translated to, to the playoffs, I mean. But again, the Heat at least still keep finding ways. But the back to the shooting part, yeah. Max Struess gave Vincent both 1 of 7. Oladipo, 0 for 5. Caleb Martin, 0 for 3. Jimmy Butler, 1 of 4. So, not good. That's where a lot of the, the bad shooting comes from. They were pretty much buoyed by Tyler Hero going 4 of 6. I mentioned earlier that he was the Heat's best 3-point shooter. And then P.J. Tucker, 2 of 4. And yet, they not only won this game, but pretty handily blew it out. And the last closing observation for how they actually did that was just winning the possession battle. By the end of the game, they had 13 more field goal attempts than the Sixers, even though they shot just slightly better from the field against them. But it went back again to what I said earlier, right? If you're shooting roughly the same and I have 13 more field goal attempts than you do, well, I'm, I'm just winning. But And he got that, though, through being plus 10 on the rebounding boards and plus 3 in the turnover battle. The big thing I thought that was really interesting in terms of the turnovers, they had 10 in the first half, but only one in the second half. And I don't think it's a surprise that the second half was when they blew them out, when they were just doing a better job taking care of the ball. That's all for closing observations, so let's just take a quick look up ahead. So Game 2 will be on Wednesday. It was announced just a little bit before recording that Kyle Lowry will miss Game 2. So, yeah, at this point, at this point I'm starting to get a little concerned, because this has been a while. I mean... The flip side of it is you've been going up against an Atlanta Hawks team that isn't quite at your level 
and then a Sixers team that is missing Embiid. So it's it has not been the situation where we've needed Lowry. So that part is like, all right, maybe they're trying to err on the side of caution and gamble a little bit. I mean, I mentioned this last time, right? They are gambling that they don't need Lowry to win these games, which is a bit of a fair gamble. But the flip side of that is it at least that means the injury is severe enough that it warrants gambling to try to make sure he gets more rest and be ready for later rounds. But yeah, no Lowry for game two. And then also list on the questionable parts, Tyler Hero, PJ Tucker, Caleb Martin, Gabe Vincent, and Max Struess all questionable with various uh, little injuries. And I'm curious how Spoh is going to approach that Wednesday in the sense that maybe, like, I do think all those players will still play. And it may just be the question of can they blow this out quick enough that they can find whoever needs the most rest, probably like a PJ or a Martin, and see if they can get a little, a few more minutes of rest um, after what will hopefully be a blowout game two. But other things looking ahead that was of interest for game two. Doc Rivers, after game one, publicly supporting playing DeAndre Jordan as the starter in place of Joel Embiid, despite Jordan going four points, two rebounds, and a minus 22 in his time. But, I mean, if that's what he wants to do, if that's when he, he wants to play DeAndre Jordan to start the game and to start the second half and give the Heat an advantage right out the gates, I mean, by all means, go ahead. In terms of adjustments Heat could possibly make as they go into the second game, uh, the one thing that was problematic for them for a little bit and during that stretch where they kind of collapsed and let the let the Sixers back in in the second quarter was Philly's zone getting Miami problems. Doubly so when they're shooting badly. Because usually like it's really hard to extend the zone obviously out to the three-point line because that's just so much room. So one way that you get around zones is you get a lot of threes, you make a lot of threes, and you force the defense to come out of that zone or to stretch that zone to the point that it starts to break on the inside. Miami did not have the shooting to do that tonight. They, in theory, they should, but maybe it could also be a situation where they need to find better looks or ways to attack it. But yeah, like I mentioned, that was about the only major thing that stood out as effective the Sixers did against the Heat. Uh, in terms of what Miami can just continue to do, what they did in Game 1, they kept the focus on James Harden and Tyrese Maxey, let Tobias Harris go off for as much as he wants, because at the end of the day, like he finished with 27 points, and just barely outdid his minus 25 because his scoring just is not as impactful versus making sure that James Harden and Maxi are shut down. And again, it was kind of like in the Hawks series where, you know, you let like a John Collins or Danilo Gallinari go off. That's fine. You shut down Trey Young and the offense is just not going to be efficient enough with Danilo Gallinari, John Collins, or Tobias Harris offense as it would be with Trey Young, James Harden, Maxi offense. But the defensive game plan seems pretty set, and then the only thing for the offensive end is just don't play sloppy. Like I mentioned, the 10 in the first half, but only turnovers in the first half, but only one in the second, and that made a world of difference. So make sure you go into the game, execute well, don't cause a lot of turnovers, and that's going to limit the opportunities Philly has. Overall, though, I think this is just being kind of nitpicky. Like, this should be, a, in terms of Game 2, that should be one that Miami wins so that they can go up 2-0 before they even go back to Philly on Friday. So for the next episode, Game 2 is Wednesday. Uh, Thursdays are my busiest days, so I'll still record a podcast. It just might not be as long or as much detail as I usually do, but it'll at least be out Thursday covering the Game 3, and then I'll get more back, more so back on track Saturday. 
But that'll be all for this episode. Please be sure to follow the pod on Twitter at Heaters Heating and myself at KBR Heat Nation. Also check out the other great pods we have at OTG Basketball on Twitter. I'll be back Thursday. So until then, hope you all have a good one, Heat Nation.